0: 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. 1 Corinthians 15 and 57 says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. For the next few minutes, I would like to preach on victory is found in Jesus. And you may be seated. So we can read stories like Gideon. Gideon was called by God to go and lead the Israelite army to defeat the foes, the Midianites that were uh, causing them grief. And so he, it takes a little bit of persuasion, but he finally goes and he only has 22,000 men. And I know 22,000 men sounds like a lot, but when they are facing hundreds of thousands of soldiers, that's not a whole lot. But God goes and speaks to Gideon says, there's too many people. I will not get the praise for this if there is victory. So I'm going to put them through tests. And he does one test and it dwindles down from 22,000 to 10,000. Then he puts them through another test and it goes from 10,000 to 300. And I can see Gideon in his tent one night. He's probably saying, this isn't what I signed up for. 22,000 men wasn't enough to begin with, but now I only have 300. I don't know what you're doing, God, with the calculator, but we're supposed to be adding, not subtracting here. But God comes to him and says, Gideon, let's take a walk. Let's go down to the enemy's camp. And Gideon was probably thinking that was not what he wanted to do. That was not what he wanted to hear God say to him. But he listens. And when he gets there, there's two men, two soldiers outside of their tent, and they're talking about dreams they had that symbolized Gideon and his soldiers having victory over him. And so when he goes back, they, he's praising God. He's thanking God. He was inspired, he was encouraged, and he was motivated to face an army that was so far greater than they were. But they had victory because of it. Then you can look at David and Goliath. He was a boy, he was a shepherd boy that attended to his father's sheep. And he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. And he goes to his brothers one day to bring them food. And he hears about this giant Goliath that was cursing the Israelite army and it made him upset. And he said, well, I'll go and I'll fight this giant. And so the king calls him into his tent to give him his armor. But Davis says that he doesn't deserve it. He hasn't. He's not worthy of it. He hasn't um, worked up to it yet. But he goes on about his business and he goes to face the giant. But before he goes to the giant, he stops at a brook and picks up five smooth stones. And when he gets to the giant, the giant immediately begins to try to intimidate him with psychological warfare by saying, "Is this what they send me? A boy, a boy that can barely pick up a sword?" But God but get, but David said to Goliath you come to me with sword spear and shield but I come to you in the name of the Lord and I'm going to have victory over you today and before he it had the before Goliath had the chance to pick up his sword or to throw his spear David already put a rock in his sling and he started twirling it and then he chucked the rock as hard as he could and he connected with the forehead of Goliath, and he crashed to the ground. And he probably, before the dust even could uh, disappear, he already ran, and he picked up this sword, this sword that was made for a giant. It wasn't made for a man, and he probably had to work it up onto his shoulder so he could be able to swing it. And finally, when he was able to swing it, he cut off the head of the giant, and they had victory that day. And the last one, Moses. Moses was at the Red Sea and, he then, and the, uh, the Israelites, they were saying, did you bring us out of Egypt because there was no graves? Did you bring us out here to die? And God speaks to him. And then he, he tells them that this enemy that we see, the, the, the Egyptians that you have seen, you're not going to see them anymore because God's going to do something great. And God speaks to Moses and says, stretch forth your rod, over the waters. And there says that there's a great east wind that came and the waters parted and they walked over on dry ground. And it says God hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he takes his men into the water to follow after them. And when the Israelites and, and Moses make it to the other side, they, God tells Moses to stretch forth his hand again. And then the waters came together crashing and, the, and Pharaoh and his men perished and they didn't have to see or worry about Pharaoh anymore. And we can talk about the stories in the Bible, the victories that God gave like Daniel and the lion's den, the stories of Elijah and Elisha, Job, Esther, Ezekiel, but none of those stories compare to the story of Jesus and the cross. It was brutal. He suffered. He bled. But it was wonderful at the same time. Jesus sacrificed himself so that we could have our sins washed away. We sing songs like the blood will never lose Its power, the old rugged cross, and because he lives, I can face tomorrow. But do we truly grasp the concept of the cross, the unspotted lamb, Jesus taking the cross for us, the cross that we were meant to bear, the nails that we were supposed to take, He took for us. And even better than that, when you're washed in the water in the name and you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you have God that is living inside of you. And at that point, there is no adversary, there is no giant that can stand against you because you have God living inside of you. Because if God before you, who can be against you? Whom shall we fear when you have the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending? the God that has the train that fills the temple, the God that has never lost a battle. When you feel like there's no place to go, all you have to do is call on the name of Jesus, and he makes a way where there is no way. Isaiah 43 and 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee in the, through the, the rivers. They will not overflow thee. When I walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. There is no situation too great. There is no situation that our God cannot handle because the victory is found in Jesus. And when you call on the name of Jesus, he will be there. And when you have God living inside of you, you should be walking in victory every single day. Psalms 27 and 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength and my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We have nothing to be afraid of. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We have victory because of Jesus today. You can pray and the sick can be healed. You can pray and situations come to an end. You can pray over any circumstance. But when you pray in faith, God will hear and he will listen and he will answer. Aren't you glad you know who God is? Aren't you glad that the Father loves you? He is one God and Father of all. Who is above all and through all and in you all. Victory is found in the cross. Victory is found in the blood, but victory is found in Jesus. He can bring joy to your to your depressed days because He is the peace speaker. He can make a way in your life because He is the way maker. And when the world makes you feel like you're bound and you, and you can't do anything, you can call on a name because He is the chain breaker. The bride of Christ was not supposed to live in grief and agony, but it was supposed to live in joy and favor of the King amen. So if we can stand in this place here for a moment, I, I want us to pray, but I want us here for a moment. I just want us to begin to praise the King of Kings. I just want us to begin to worship him here for a minute for the cross that he bared for us, for the sins that can be washed away in this place. He washes our slate clean in this place. Why don't we just worship him here for a moment?